Good morning and welcome to Not Boring. This week's episode is about a company that a lot of us have forgotten about. It's about Snap. So let's get started. In 2012, I invested in Facebook at around $19 per share. In 2013, I sold it for $45. I thought I was a genius. Since then, though, Facebook is up another five times. I missed out on most of the gains. Back then, people were unconvinced that Facebook could do mobile well. Once they did mobile well, people doubted that they could increase the ad load in the mobile newsfeed in order to sustain growth. Wrong again. Facebook has built one of the two best advertising businesses in human history. Here's what I learned. When you think you found the next big platform, don't worry about the little things. Invest in it, don't trade it. Over the next five years, Snap has the potential to be as big as today's biggest tech companies. Becoming the next platform is a once in a generation opportunity, and I think Snap is best positioned to be that platform. The stakes are high. The chart below shows the market cap of today's biggest consumerish tech companies, which provides a rough estimate of the upside in Snap if it's able to take advantage of the opportunity ahead of it. So we have a chart here. Snap's valuation is about $29 billion. The next biggest company on the chart, $184 billion. That's Netflix. That represents a six times upside for, for Snap. Past that, Facebook, 23x. Google, 33x. Amazon, 44 times as big as Snapchat. Microsoft, 49 times as big. And Apple, 51 times as big. So this is a long-term long-term thesis here. But if Snap can become the next platform, there's a ton of upside. But Snap has had a rough go of it as a public company. And most of us kind of forgot about it. Well, I'm putting everybody back on alert. I haven't been as excited about a company as I am about Snap in a long time. It checks some major nerd boxes for me. One, hype cycles. We're catching Snap at the right time as it's heading up the slope of enlightenment. Others will slowly begin to wake up to Snap's potential, and you heard it here first. Two, world building. Spiegel and Snap are patiently laddering towards a long-term vision so big that most people missed it. Three, mirror world. Snap is building the next major platform, augmented reality. Aside from being a lot of fun, AR presents an internet-scale financial opportunity. While most of us were distracted, Evan Spiegel built a new world. Today, Snap is weaving together a complex and defensible suite of products, technology, content, and SDKs that position it to build the next big platform, the one that blends the physical and digital worlds. If you, like me, missed it, don't worry, we're not alone. Scott Galloway declared the end of Snap in October 2018. Ben Thompson hasn't written seriously about the company since last July, after writing about it mostly between 2015 and 2019. There's good reason, too. Section one, the hype cycle. I want to take you back to a time when the only app on our Nokia phone was Snake, when Britney Spears' Baby One More Time was number one on the charts, and one of my all-time favorite movies was released. That movie, She's All That, has a lot in common with Snapchat. In case you haven't watched She's All That recently, I'll give you a quick rundown. Zach, played by Freddie Prince Jr., starts the movie as the most popular guy in school, but falls from grace when his girlfriend breaks up with him. In an effort to gain back popularity, he accepts a bet with his best friend, Dean, that he can turn Lanny Boggs, a dorky art student, into the prom queen. Against all odds, and after a persistent effort, Zach and Lanny start to like each other, and it looks like Zach might win the bet and the girl. 
But when Lainey turn, turns down Dean's prom invite, Dean, yep, the best friend, Dean reveals that Zach only asked her to prom to win a bet. So Zach and Lainey break up. They're both at a new low. Zach takes his sister to prom. Lainey's planning on skipping altogether until Dean shows up and takes her. Lainey loses the prom, prom queen crown to Zach's ex, Taylor, and goes home, where Zach is waiting for her. They fall in love again by the pool. They kiss. It's one of the most romantic scenes in cinematic history. At, gradu- at graduation, we're left with the impression that the best days are ahead for Zach and Lainey. And we cry happy tears, and those tears come back anytime we hear Sixpence None the Richers kiss me. Wait, just me? Well, that's embarrassing. So Zach and Lainey's journey looks something like this. And here there's a chart, and it's this graph that both go through where they have this meteoric rise, this horrible fall, and then this slow rise back to back to a steady state. Uh, better than they were before. Cool. So we've established that I love she's all that. What does any of that have to do with Snap? Well, hidden beneath the graphs that I just described is a chart that will be familiar to you if you've been reading Not Boring for a while, the Gartner Hype Cycle. According to Gartner itself, Gartner Hype Cycles provide a graphic representation of the maturity and adoption of technologies and applications and how they are potentially relevant to solving real business problems and exploiting new opportunities. More simply, Gartner Hype Cycles describe the fact that many technologies, industries, and products come out of the gate hot with an initial use case, get really popular for a little while, then fade as the initial use case fails to live up to the hype. At that point, some products just die. Countless flash-in-the-pan apps fall into this category, while others find real practical applications and rise from the ashes to provide ongoing value. Rocket ship to the peak. Snap certainly fits the left side of the chart. Triggered by cameras on every phone and ephemeral messaging, hence the Ghost logo, Snap shot up to the peak of inflated expectations quickly. Evan Spiegel, Bobby Murphy, and Reggie Brown, we don't talk about him, launched Snapchat as Pictaboo in July 2011. By October 2012, Snapchat users were sharing 20 million images per day. By November 2013, two-year-old Snapchat had users sharing 350 million photos per day. Spiegel reportedly turned down a $3 billion acquisition from Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Snapchat was a rocket ship, even if, or because, it was viewed as just a sexting app. Suffice it to say, Snap grew spectacularly from its 2011 founding through its March 2, 2017 IPO. Its stock closed at 2709 the next day good for a $39 billion market cap. Turns out though, that three years later, 2709 is still Snap's all-time high. Elevator down to the trough. I remember that Snap IPO distinctly because I remember talking to friends about the fact that all of our parents were asking whether they should buy Snap. We thought it was way overvalued for a photo messaging app, and it turns out the market agreed. Snap's stock price tumbled 81% from its March 2017 high of 2709 to an all-time low of 499, on December 21st, 2018. In September of 2018, Recode cited four reasons for the, for the fall. One, slowing business growth. Snap was slow to bring advertisers onto the platform, causing analysts to cut their revenue estimates by 50%. Two, increased competition. Instagram stories copied Snapchat and used Facebook's distribution to eclipse Snap, Snapchat's daily active users. I have a chart here. It shows Snapchat kind of slowly growing and Instagram stories just shooting right past it. Losing users, number three. 
Snap redesigned its app in early 2018, pissing off important users. Kylie Jenner's tweet about the redesign caused Snap's market cap to drop $1.3 billion in a day, and Snapchat lost 3 million daily active users in Q2 2018. It's Kylie Jenner's tweet. So, does anyone else not open Snapchat anymore, or is it just me? Ugh, this is so sad. Number four, executive departures. Between the IPO and the Recode article, Snap lost its CFO, CSO, VP of product, VP of sales, VP of engineering, and general counsel. Those executives' compensation was heavily based on the stock price, meaning that they saw their paper holdings cut by more than two-thirds. This is right around the time the Galloway called the end of Snap, and the Thompsons stopped writing quite so frequently about the company. I counted 10 articles in 2017, 6 in 2018, 4 in 2019, and 0 so far in 2020. I'm guilty here too. I've written about all of Snap's contemporaries, but I haven't talked about Snap. I didn't hear a lot about Snap, and I wasn't receiving Snaps, so I kind of forgot about it. Even when I ask people who have opinions on every company for their opinions on Snap for this piece, I got a lot of, I don't know, and I haven't thought much about Snap. What I miss, though, is that I didn't hear about Snap as much as competitors like TikTok by design. TikTok is the greatest virality engine ever built. Snap doesn't want to go viral. I just tried to snap something and share it broadly, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. So while us olds sleep on Snap from the outside, millions of younger best friends spend their entire lives communicating in there. We all underestimated Evan. Underestimating Evan. Hitting the trough of disillusionment is the make-or-break moment for a company. From down there, the journey up the slope of enlightenment is far from guaranteed. Most once-buzzy social companies don't make it out the other side. RIP, yo, yik yak, and whisper. And here's a chart of all of the, or it's a very small percentage, but a bunch MySpace, yo, yik yak, path, secret, whisper, find all the bottom uh, in the drop of disillusionment. They never made it out. Galloway and many others predicted that Snap would go the way of yo, path, and MySpace. If it was lucky, maybe Disney or Amazon would buy it. But here's the thing. I think what defines whether a company makes it through the trough of disillusionment or not is whether there's a world builder or a shot caller at the helm. The companies that fail after the initial hype were shot callers. They only had one product in mind. They ran at it hard, backed by big, big venture dollars. The yo guys really thought that sending yo to each other was the future. Communication in its simplest form. When that didn't work, there was no backup plan. Evan Spiegel didn't even cross my mind when I was writing two ways to predict the future, but he really should have. Evan Spiegel is a world builder. In two ways to predict the future, I wrote the world builders have three things in common. One, they predict something non-obvious about the way that the world is moving before others see it and before the market is ready for their ultimate vision. Check. For Spiegel, this was the camera, was going to be the way that we all communicate and interact with the world. Number two, they create a wedge in the market and leverage it into a much larger opportunity. The public often ridicules or dismisses the initial wedge product. This one's too easy. Everyone dismisses Snapchat as a sexing app. Number three, they timestamp their vision, whether in a public announcement or confidential documents. There's a 2018 company-wide memo from Spiegel that clearly lays out parts of the plan, and a tweet from former Snapchat employee Lucy Guo shows that Spiegel has been working on a recently announced Snap Minis for at least four years. The tweet says, seeing Evan execute his plans four years later is heartwarming. I remember when I first heard him brainstorming this and thought, wow, this guy is really a product visionary. World builders are rare. Bezos, Musk, Cardis Henry Ward. When you find one, you bet on them. I'm a little late to the party, but not too late. 
Snap is right at the beginning of the climb of the slope of enlightenment. I'm now convinced that when its journey is complete, it will be one of the biggest, most important companies in history. So what is Snap building? If you're a world builder, one of the advantages of being in the trough of disillusionment is that it gives you time out of the spotlight to build your world. Over the past year or so, as measured by Google Trends, Snap has had less public interest in it than it has since early 2015. Over the past two months, though, the new Snap emerged, with two big events driving renewed interest in the company. One, gangbuster Q1 earnings and user growth that sent shares up 37% in one day. Two, Thursday's Partner Summit 2020, in augmented reality, renewed excitement and convinced me that Snap is a leading contender to make AR real. Last week, in Businesses and New Sports, I wrote about the power of keynotes and product launches and rallying fans around a brand, using Steve Jobs and Elon Musk as the canonical examples. Evan Spiegel and Snap took the torch on Thursday. Trina Novak, who has understood Snap better than anyone for a long time, wrote a thorough summary of the event, which is linked in the piece and which you should check out, in addition to just watching the keynote. Watching the summit unfold, I felt like Charlie and always it's always sunny, seeing connections all over the place, not really getting how they fit together, but knowing that there was something there. Before watching the summit, I thought of Snap as a social media company, a competitor to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the rest. It's not, though. Snap isn't just building a camera-first messaging app. It's building the platform of the future. It's building Mirror World. Welcome to Mirror World. In February 2019, Kevin Kelly wrote one of the most thought-provoking essays I've read. AR will spark the next big technology platform. Call it Mirror World. In it, Kelly describes a digital world mapped one-to-one with the physical world, which we can interact with, experience, and manipulate just like the real world. Mirror World, according to Kelly, won't take place in virtual reality, but rather in augmented reality. It will blend digital and physical, layering bits, infinite possibilities, on top of Adam's realness. Mirror World means being able to reproduce that Travis Scott Fortnite concert in a park instead of in our basement, with real people whenever we want, or looking at a restaurant from the street and being able to see the menu and pictures of the dishes. It means having a full suite of digital tools available to enhance our physical experience. It also means a big business opportunity. The first platform of the digital age was the web. The second was social media. The third, according to Kelly, will be Mirror World. And here he says, we are now at the dawn of the third platform, which will digitize the rest of the world. Whoever dominates this grand third platform will be among the wealthiest and most powerful people and companies in history, just as those who now dominate the first two platforms have. Also, like its predecessors, the new platform will unleash the prosperity of thousands more companies in the ecosystem and a million new ideas and problems that weren't possible before machines could read the world. In the article, Kelly points to Microsoft with their HoloLens and Magic Leap, oops, as the two leading contenders to build Mirror World. He doesn't mention Snap once. But watching the video of Snap's partner summit, in which people take pictures and paint the buildings around them, what does it make you think of? Watching the clip gave me chills. Keepan, the Snap computer vision engineer narrating the video, says about local lenses. Now, Snapchatters can join a persistent shared AR world built right on top of the physical one. You and your friends can step into these worlds together, collaborating creatively and experiencing a whole new dimension of AR. They're building fucking Mirror World. Snap's ladder to Mirror World. 
When I said that Evan Spiegel was a world builder, I meant it literally. And when you think of Snap as the company that's building Mirror World, everything starts to snap into focus. Back in March 2016, when Ben Thompson still wrote about Snapchat, he wrote Snapchat's Ladder. In it, he compared Snapchat to Netflix in that both were executing ladder-up strategies, executing a series of moves that build off of each other with the end goal in mind from the beginning. It's like a world builder starting with an unassuming wedge and trading up on route to the ultimate goal. For Snap to Thompson, that meant starting with snaps, then building stories, then discover, then feeds and optionality. The latter he described built up to owning the messaging in the United States. What Thompson didn't grasp, nor could anyone outside the company, is that those three rungs were just the first three rungs on a ladder dozens of rungs high. At the top of the ladder, high above owning messaging in the United States, is Mirror World. The Snap is the platform powering it all. To climb the ladder, Snap is employing the Amazon first and best customer strategy. It, build, it builds products for its own app first, like Lenses, its first AR hit, and then opens up the tools to both its community to create within Snapchat and third-party developers to incorporate Snapchat's features into third-party apps. Snap is building a wide-ranging set of products that build off of each other and work together to lead to a future in which Snap powers the mirror world. It's big and complex, so let's start small. Bitmoji gives a glimpse into Snap's foresight. Bitmoji. Those are the stickers that kind of look like me, right? Snap acquired Bitstrips, the creator of Bitmoji, in March 2016. Thompson thought it was smart because Snap might be able to monetize Bitmoji by selling Snickers, stickers to Snapchatters and selling companies the ability to create branded stickers. Snap's plans were much bigger. Now, Bitmoji is a key part of Snapchat's chat, Snap Games, Snap Map, and weather products. Here's how the first and best customer strategy works at Snap. First, they build for Snapchat, then they open up to third party. Product, then platform. It's a flywheel. First, Snapchat made it really easy to send Bitmoji through the app, pulling new users into the product and retaining existing ones. The first time I used Snapchat was to create my Bitmoji. Now, through Bitmoji Kit, Bitmoji is available in third-party Android and iOS keyboards, giving Snapchat reach into nearly every smart mobile device on the planet. Similarly, Snap first used Bitmoji in Snap Games and has now opened up Bitmoji to be used by third-party game developers giving Snapchat a presence in games far beyond the ghost icon. The map shows Bitmoji's reach within Snap and third-party products. And you'll have to look into the article here. There's a map kind of mapping out all the places that Bitmoji lives uh, in and outside of the Snap ecosystem. Snap even built its recently announced minis, little apps built right into its chat, on top of its game infrastructure. It's not difficult to imagine minis one day being available in all of the keyboards where Bitmoji currently lives. Moji is Snap's friendly tentacle into a universe of third-party apps and a testing ground for Mirror World. And that's just Bitmoji. Until like three minutes ago, most of you thought they were just silly cartoons. The camera company. Snap's camera is an even more powerful platform than Bitmoji, the main one on top of which they'll build the Mirror World. The evolution of Snapchat's camera is deserving of an essay in itself, but if you strip away a lot of the complexity and brilliance, it can be expressed as a ladder. So in the post, there's this image of Evan's camera ladder building from camera to filters to lenses to a lens studio, which allows other to create lenses to a marketplace of filters and lenses that, that are made by the community to SnapML, which allows other companies to bring their own machine learning models into Snap to do all sorts of things like letting you try on shoes by pointing your, your camera at your feet, then local lenses, which allow people to interact with the buildings around them through their camera, and finally camera kit, which puts the snap camera in 
everybody's app who wants to use it. From humble beginnings as a camera that may or may not have primarily been used to send dick pics, Snap has built one of the most broadly distributed pieces of AR technology in the world. In some ways, Mirror World is already here. Over 135 million people create AR with Snap every day. And when the announcement of Camera Kit, which allows third-party developers to integrate Snap's camera into their apps, transitioning the camera from a product to a platform, that number will rise. Combined with the announcement of local lenses, soon millions of people in hundreds of apps will be able to digitally transform the physical neighborhoods in which they live and the way they appear in them. Instead of shot calling, building out the full suite of hardware and software and pushing it onto users, Snap is building the platform on which Snap, its users, and partners will build the mirror world together. And Snap has the right users for a new platform. Snap has a big engaged base of users who are right, who are right at the right age to pioneer a new technology platform. It's in the sweet spot. It's been around long enough to have a large user base, which is necessary to create enough adoption for a new platform, while, letting it, while its users are young enough and geographically dense enough to adopt a new spatial platform. To that end, two stats from the Partner Summit blew my mind. One, Snapchat reaches more people in the US than Twitter and TikTok combined, which I never would have guessed. Two, more 13 to 34 year olds in the US use Snapchat than Facebook or Instagram, which I also would not have guessed. Because Snap is not designed for virality, it's really difficult for an outsider to realize just how big it is within this key demographic. On a September 2019 Talks of GS podcast, Spiegel highlighted his user growth strategy. Don't worry too much about attracting older users. Just keep its users engaged while they get older and continue to attract new young users. Despite the pressure on him to grow daily active users, which he could do by making the product friendlier to an older and or international users, Spiegel realized something magical that Matthew McConaughey's character in Dazed and Confused summarized so succinctly and creepily. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. Boomers and even older millennials won't be the early adopters of a transformative new platform. Just as my pop-pop wasn't among the first people to adopt the internet, and my mom wasn't one of the first people on social media, I won't be one of the first people in Mirror World. Snapchat owns the people who are, young Americans. Because its users are Gen Z and younger millennials who appreciate Snap's values, it can say and do the right things now to build long-term trust with them. Spiegel kicked off the Partner Summit words of support for the protesters, and his team introduced four new docu-series featuring one, a black cowboy, two, the world's most popular fighter, three, a transgender hairstylist, and four, two gay black friends. It's hard to see Facebook doing that. Snap is on the right side of history, particularly in the eyes of its young demographic. Mirror World will be more intertwined with our lives than any previous previous platform. That level of trust is crucial. So here's my snappy conclusion. Because there are so many pieces to the snap puzzle, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface with this post. In addition to the suites around Bitmoji and camera, snap also boasts minis, snap map, local business listings, voice control, snap originals, happening now, ad kit, story kit, creative kit, login kit, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch. Snap might be the first American company to become a WeChat style super app. It's mobile for a streaming business, puts Quibi to shame and is approaching Netflix's US viewership. 125 million people interacted with its news service last year. Through SnapKit, it powers 20 of the top 100 apps in the iOS and Google Play stores. The Snap Map is a crucial lens into the heart of the protests, offering unfiltered and unbiased views on the ground. And we didn't even talk about any of those products in this piece. 
Even if we can't see it yet, these are not just standalone products. Snap has shown that its products connect in ways that are not obvious to outsiders. Who would have thought that personalized cartoons would serve as a Trojan horse in the games and mobile operating systems? I started untangling, untangling and retangling all the ways that Snap's products could work together to power the AR platform of the future. And if I can get that map to a legible place, I'll share it. Without seeing the full picture quite yet, though, I can already see something beautiful and powerful emerging. By spinning a web of connected products, each building and feeding off the others, Snap has built moats that will make it impervious to feature theft. Business is the new sports, and I'm jumping on the Snap bandwagon. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you are listening to this and you're not subscribed, head over to notboring.email and subscribe now. And I will talk to you on Thursday.